Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's a Wednesday afternoon edition of Mike's Mutterings. See, I threw a curveball at you a little bit. Instead of me yelling the title of the show, I thought I'd mutter it a little bit. Anyways, what I want to do today, I had a, uh, a few different things I was going to talk about. The, the results of Super Tuesday and how Joe Biden is the best that the Democrats can throw out there. That's for another day. We got plenty of plenty of time before election. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, TV shows we watched as kids. Uh, again, I think I'm going to save that for another day because uh, last week when I was talking about my uh, my epic battle with one Bob Sweeney. Yes, again, that's Bob. Sweeney, not Bob's Weeney. Anyways, what I want to talk to you about is um, Pete Nelson asked me a question about a name that I brought up on the podcast. So, you know what? I'm going to bring that up today. The guy that I mentioned was a kid by the name of Joe Warner. Uh, when I went to St. Regis, Joe was, like I said before, the strongest kid in the grade. It was our title for the toughest kid. Um, so let me, let me back up a little bit. Let me tell you about Joe Warner. Now, I, I told you uh, before about Tim McLean. I was fortunate to, to know Tim and the extraordinary person that he was. Well, you know... Uh, I, I guess I'm very fortunate because in my lifetime, I knew two people like that. The other one was a guy by the name of Joe Warner. Now, Joe and I went to uh, St. Regis Catholic School together. And he was the coolest guy in our grade. He lived right by school so he could walk to go home for lunch if he wanted to. Uh, he had this great-looking uh, beagle named Lucy that would follow him to school, and she'd be on the playground with us sometimes. And um, it's a great-looking kid. Had a, just a, a magnetic personality, just a smile that drew you in. Uh, one of those smiles that you know took up his whole face. Great-looking kid. All the girls loved him. Jet black hair. And the thing about Joe is that even though he was our class, he already was, like, developed. He already had muscles. He was already, like, thick. Thick. T-H-I-C-K. Not sick because of my lisp. Um, and he was just an all-around great athlete, uh, fast as can be, strong as can be, um, he was the kid that everyone picked first, when, no matter what game we were playing, uh, you know, baseball, softball, basketball, football, whatever it was, he was the kid, now, I'll tell you about me a little bit, I, on the other hand, 
first through third grade was typical just goofball kid. The, the things that I loved more in life than anything else were big time wrestling and Godzilla movies. I loved playing with army men. Um, loved watching cartoons. I mean, that was my life. I was I was not a cool kid at all. I was messy. Uh, as you know, seventh out of seven kids. So uh, I'll put it this way: I never had new clothes. Um, everything I had was hand-me-downs. At one point, uh, when the Adidas. You know, the white Adidas with the, the three black stripes were super popular. My mom thought she was going to be helpful. And she went to Kmart and got me Kmart Adidas, which have four stripes. Well, she didn't know. She, she had no clue. She thought she was, was helping out. So what I did is I took, uh, I grabbed a steak knife out of our... Silverware drawer, and I, I cut the, uh, I cut the fourth stripe out, so it looked like from a distance, I had Adidas. But if you got up close, you knew. Kmart specials. Anyway, so again, I, at this point, I'm still uncoordinated. Uh, I'm not very good at baseball. Not very good at any sports. You know, the only other thing that we did at school. Kids would play soccer at, I was going to say halftime, at recess. You know, I'd just kind of fall over the ball or whatever. But something happened, a miracle happened in fourth grade. Now again, I, I'm a nerd before the, the, the term nerd came around. I was tall and skinny and my hair was unkempt, my hair, my shirt was untucked all the time, but my older brothers played football at Brother Ice, and my older brother Terry had gone through grade school and high school, and was currently on you know, one of the Brother Ice teams at that point, with Joe's older brother Mark, and they were friends, not, not like super, super tight, but they were friends. So one day on the on the playground, a miracle happened. The coolest kid in my class, the guy that every other guy wanted to be like, wanted to be friends with, the guy that all the girls at this point when they're still you know when they're starting to form crushes on boys every girl was in love with him this guy Joe Warner comes up to me says hey you're Simmons hey Simmons yeah he goes hey our brothers play football together I go yeah he goes you want to come over to my house tonight or after school yeah, he didn't see me as a as a goof. He didn't see me as a, any kind of weird kid or anything. He saw past that. He saw saw me as a regular guy. 
again, this is the kind of guy that Joe Warner was. He didn't care who you were. The biggest nerds, the coolest guys, whatever. He hung out with who he wanted to hang out with. little cliques and groups nobody dictated to him who he was going to hang out with and he friended me to this day I still don't know why but to this day I still am so thankful that a kid like that gave a kid like me a chance And he was my best friend in fourth through sixth grade. And again, like I said, this is that time when, you know, who's the toughest kid, who's the strongest kid. Now, in fifth grade, this kid moves in. Dad was, you know, with one of the auto companies. I still remember this guy's name, Pat O'Gara. O'Gara? O'Gara. Something like that. Pat O'Gara. And he was big. This kid was huge. He was five to six inches taller than anybody else. I mean, he looked like he was at least two or three grades older than us. And he was, you know, a big, heavy kid, too. He's a nice enough kid. Um, and everybody was like, oh, oh, hey, Warner, this kid's gonna, you know, this kid's gonna knock you off the, the mountaintop. So... They weren't in the same, like, classroom together or anything. So, everybody's kind of feeling this O'Gara's... O'Gara, kind of forget what the hell. O'Gara. They're filling this kid's head with, you know, hey, if you think you're tough, you're going to have to go through Joe Warner. So, he's like, all right. So, he, he kind of seeks Joe out on the playground, steps up to him, and I kind of sees that Joe, like, even though Joe was a little shorter, did not mess around with this kid. Because despite the, the smile that took over his whole face, when he got serious, man, you knew it. When he got mad, you knew it. And when he, when he, when he balled his hands up into a fist... You knew it wasn't just a hand coming at you. It, it was a weapon. So they kind of looked at each other. And this kid, O'Gara, stepped back and said, you know, I don't remember the exact words, but pretty much acknowledged, okay, you're still, uh, you're still uh, the lion in charge of this pride. No, you know, no harm, all right? No, we're good. And now, you know, there were kids from older grades that would try and uh, step to Joe. He, he had his way with them, too. Now... So, as I said, fourth, fifth, coming into sixth grade, 
we're over at each other's houses all the time. And the thing is, he's my best friend, but he's got a couple of best friends, which is, I'm cool with that. I, I'm just happy to be in the kid's life. He didn't care. We would get mad sometimes. Hey, you're hanging around with that, you know, goofball or, or you know, whatever. And I'm like, I think about it now. I'm like, I was that fucking goofball that he, he gave a chance to. Who the fuck am I to, like, say, you know, hey, don't hang around with that other kid. He was just that kind of kid. He was so nice. And he was funny. He, like, knew jokes that nobody else knew. In fact, I can remember, like, there was a, one of the kids in our grade had an older sister that was, like, a year or two older than us. It was really cute. She was in love with this kid. Anyways, regardless. So, coming into the fall of, of sixth grade, Joey and I are not in the same classroom together. For the first time, I was bummed. I, I you know, didn't know what I was going to do with my without my friend. Little did I know, huh? So, it was a Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember at this point, but it was it was like during the beautiful fall weather. I mean, just picture perfect, sixty-five degrees not a cloud in the sky, that that kind of fall, it, it seemed like it had been like that since we got back to school, and the thing with our football team in our grade school is, it was for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, it was all just one team, They're, they didn't divvy them up like they do now. So one of you were on the team as a sixth grader. That you know that was a pretty good deal. And I was on, and I think mostly because my brothers had played. The coach knew my brothers and my dad. And I was okay. I, you know, I was, for a sixth grader, I could hold my own. Um, and the other few sixth graders, same thing. They, you know, they were, they were good enough to be on the team. Uh, but Joe, Joe actually was with. He would. They moved him up with the second string. Now, again, as a sixth grader, to be with the second string, it was a huge deal. And we knew he was going to play. And this guy was, in practice, was a hammer. Fast and tough and strong. I mean, everything you wanted in a kid as a football player. And when I say he, he's... He's with the, uh, you know, the second string. So he gets to wear like a regular helmet, the regular pants. The rest of us sixth graders, we're wearing those goofy, we used to call them Martian helmets. Where it, it had like the, the really narrow part of the helmet and then it had the ear part that kind of jetted out a little bit. And you'd look like you were from Mars. But again, we were happy to be on the team. But again, Joe, Joe's wearing regular stuff. He's going to play. First game that we played was a revenge game against St. Bede's. And yes, a good number of my great friends, my best friends in the world, came from that school, St. Bede's. 
Now, the school I was with, St. Regis, we were a local legend because for three years in a row, our team was undefeated. Two of my brothers were on those teams, and they were they were phenomenal teams. I mean, they were just kicking the crap out of everybody. And back in that day, the, uh, Sports Illustrated used to have those little names and faces uh, lines. There was one page where, you know, if, if you were like an amateur athlete, you did something of accomplishment, you'd get put in there. And all St. Regis had to do was win one more game against St. Bede's and St. Regis would be in Sports Illustrated. And of course St. Bede's came in and, and beat St. Regis on uh, of the of the five year reign in, in that era. It was by far the weakest team, so St. Bede's guys don't get too excited. Not the biggest victory, but hey, you knocked us off the off the the throne. Kudos. So that next year we're in sixth grade. So the St. Bede's game is a huge game. We are not. Our coach is not even thinking about second stringers in there. No sixth graders are even getting close to getting in that game. And we won. I don't remember what the score was. I mean, wasn't enough where you know there wasn't enough of a margin where we. third stringers would get to play. So we're getting ready for the second week. And I think the coaches knew whoever we were playing. I don't remember who it was, but they were a pretty weak team. So the younger guys were going to be able to play. So we're, we're pretty geeked up. Again, especially Joe. Joe's going to get in there and he's going to play going to represent us. So on this afternoon, a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, um, maybe even a Tuesday, fuck, I don't know. Beautiful day, and we practiced on the softball field at the girls' school very close. So I told you about Brother Ison's and, uh, and Marion High Schools right next to each other. Well, on the other side of Marion from Brother Ice was our grade school and the church, St. Regis. So we were in walking distance to their softball field because none of the other fields were available. Uh, Brother Ice was using all the other practice fields. So we're, we're standing on the, uh, on the practice field. just looking around making small talk whatever and I don't really notice who's there and who's not I, I don't even remember who I'm talking to uh, uh, what I did know though is my friend Joe had a paper route that what he would do is he would because he lived his house was right next to the, the practice field what he would do is he would run home from school do his paper route and head back home after the paper route 
and get changed into his his, uh, his football gear. And again, because the proximity of his house, it wasn't a problem. Well, this day we're, we're hanging around, hanging around. We heard sirens in the the uh, the distance, and um, somebody—I don't know if it was a coach, one of the older guys on the team, or whatever—said, "Hey, Warner's up in front of Marion. That's why the uh, the ambulances are, are coming." So we all go hauling. And what had happened is he, um, I don't know if he was late or whatever, but as he's drive, riding home from his paper route in front of Marion High School, he was sucking on a piece of candy, hard candy. And he fell off his bike and the candy lodged in his throat couldn't breathe and I guess one of the one or two of the, the girls from Marion were, were there after school for something and they they saw him and they ran out and they didn't know what to do so they ran back inside and tried to get one of the nuns and I guess it was one of the old nuns and I, I don't hold any, any anything against her but she just told the girls that pretty much just go back to doing what you're doing don't worry about it and I think they eventually got around to calling the the ambulance or whatever. Now again, this is this is back in the mid seventies. So there, it's not like today where there was an ambulance like parked on every corner. And I, I really don't think they had the paramedic squads at all the firehouses like they do now. So. When you called it for an ambulance, you had to wait for whatever one was around, and a majority of them were, were parked at the hospital. So we had to, to wait for the, the ambulance to come. And we saw our friend Joe laying on the ground. And his stomach was all bloated. I've never seen anything like this. It was like, almost like how somebody looks when they're pregnant. And I don't understand why. I don't know if it had to do with air being trapped inside of her or whatever. I, I don't know. All I knew is that I saw my friend lying on the ground dying in front of us. And I didn't know. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Because our coaches afterwards were like, hey, I don't know. You know, hopefully he's going to be okay. Um, I had no clue. What was going on? Until I got home that night. And my mom was sobbing. And... and kind of in, incoherent, so I had no idea. I thought she was just sad that what happened. I guess it wasn't until the following morning when I woke up when it finally hit me, like, he's not around. 
And ironically, uh, you know, we used to turn on the radio in the morning as we were getting ready for school. And ironically, the song that came on was the Hollies. All I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. Fucking, to this day, fucking hate that song. The next song that came on was uh, My Green Tambourine by, I don't remember who sings that. Fucking hate that song, too. Uh, if those two songs were stricken from the world, uh, I'd be so happy. But, you know, whatever. Um, so, that was the first time that um, I'd experienced someone of a younger age passing away. I mean, I had had, you know, my, both my grandfathers pass away. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't know if I'd been to any funerals you know, before that. But uh, Joe's funeral, it's, it's funny, ironic, not funny, haha. Uh, the three biggest funerals that I'd ever seen and been a part of at our church, St. Regis were uh, Joe's, Tim McLean's, and my dad's. Um, and all those happened before I was 19 years old. I think I was 18 when Tim passed away. Not quite 19. Yeah, I know for a fact I was 18. So, you know, again, sometimes I know I'm, I'm goofy, sometimes I'm weird, sometimes, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm a little left to center. Uh, sometimes just because I, uh, I experienced a little too much of that shit when I was, uh, when I was young. But the thing is, I, I, I don't want this to be a sad or, you know, down podcast by any means. Um... When I look at, uh, obviously my dad, when I look at Tim McLean, when I look at Joe Warner, uh, I see three very strong, powerful, magnetic individuals. And they're, they're, it is not a coincidence that all three of these people, all three of these men, and I'm going to call Joe a man because he was a man to me. All three of these men shared very, very similar traits. They were big, powerful, magnetic, dynamic people with tremendous smiles. All accomplished athletes. All great, great people. But you know what it was about all of them? More than anything else. 
more than any athletic accomplishment, more than anything else, is the fact that all of those guys didn't care what your status in life was, didn't care what your title was, didn't care about what your address was. They were nice to everybody. They gave everybody a shot. So I guess when I, you know, I, I, I look back on Joan, I look back on all these guys, and I and I see the shittiness that it, it goes on in the world today. These fucking internet trolls that sit you know, jacking off on their their laptops as as they're making comments about people. They're not brave enough to ever ever come forward. When I see uh, you know these people like Kim Kardashian and and the Instagram. Uh, world that we live in so focused on your looks and so focused on you know your title and I look back on the three individuals that were so close to me that I lost but were left such a mark you know it's just all about how you treat people it's all about how you 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 shake a guy's hand you give everybody a shot. You base it on, are they a good guy or not? Not anything else. So again, I know this is a little more serious today. Uh, probably, probably the greatest honor that I could ever do for my friend Joe was I named my son Joseph. And not because I wanted him to be a great athlete or the toughest guy. He's a pretty fucking tough guy though. You wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. But I want him to be a guy that just, you know what? Is, is is good to everybody, regardless of, of what you look like or anything like that. Give people a, sh a chance. So today, you know what? Again, for the younger guys, we're caught up in all this, this I hate Trump, I love Trump bullshit. I hate this person, I hate that person. You know what? Fucking put the hate away, all right? Nothing else. If nothing else from this fucking podcast. What I ask. You know what? Let's all just let's all just get along. And not in a kumbaya way. Not in a you know a fake you know I, I I'm gonna be so wonderful kind of way. You know what? Just in a way remembering those that that have left us and gone before us. And treated people the way that we were supposed to be treated. Okay, I'm gonna get a little, little, uh, little Christian here. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I've loved you. 
and that's when I'm really going to get emotional. That's why I love all you guys. You're my friends for a reason. I'm not friends with you because of of your titles. I'm not friends with you because of the way you look. God knows it's not because of the way you look, for crying out loud. Um, it's because you're all great guys. And because you guys are the same way. You guys treat people with respect. And you guys all have accepted me as your friend. And for that, I am truly grateful. So I, uh, I'm going to kind of shut this off. I don't know if it went before or after the, uh, the 25 minute mark today. I really don't care. Because I had to talk about what I thought were important things. I, I promise tomorrow I'll be stupid again. I don't know if you like the stupid better than this, but um, this has been a Wednesday, March 3rd edition of Mike's Mutterings. Unscripted, unfiltered, no talent. Uh, you know what, today, today was from the heart. I'd like to think there was a little bit of talent coming today. So until we talk again, guys are great effing guys. Love y'all. Talk to you later.